Thank you for joining us. Moral purity, globally speaking, it appears to be nearly extinct. The Bible teaches that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. We have turned so far away from God that we are self-destructing. God's word assures us that he knows the plans he has for us, plans to prosper us, to give us hope and a future. Yet we rely and depend on our own imperfect self-sufficiency rather than our perfect God. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander enlightens us today. To the glory of God. We thank you for those who are tuning in, live stream, Facebook, or whatever. May they worship you where they are, and may you put with them, even as they worship you, an inner longing as soon as it becomes available to them to come and worship in the house of God to the glory of God. Use me now to preach and dispense truth. We pray against satanic distractions. Let the Redeemer of the Lord say so in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. Have your Bibles open your Bibles up to, once again, Job chapter 12, uh, verses 23 through 24. Uh, a couple of Sundays ago, we started a two-part message, and we're going to do that second part at this time. Uh, Job chapter 12, verses 23 through 24. The scripture read, he builds up nations and he destroys them. He expands nations and he abandons them. He strips kings of understanding and leaves them wandering in pathless wasteland. And once again, I want to preach from the title, Will God Spare America? What a question. Will God spare America? Since America's inception, she has been richly blessed by Almighty God. In just 244 years, God has raised her up to be a global superpower at such a very young age, especially when you compare the age of America with other countries who've been around for thousands of years. Many nations have existed for thousands of years, and yet the only way America could have achieved such prominence, status, influence, and prosperity is because of her being founded upon Judeo-Christian beliefs principles, and values established by our founding fathers. Even if you should take a trip to Washington, D.C., you will soon see God and the scriptures engraved on many of the public buildings because of our founders. They had a God conscientiousness and a biblical worldview. Even when I was a child in public school, we opened the school day with prayer and the Pledge of Allegiance. We sang grace before eating our school lunch in the cafeteria. We celebrated the birth of Christ in our Christmas programs. And we said Merry Christmas and not Happy Holidays. Prayers were prayed in the beginning of graduation ceremonies. They closed with prayer. Sundays were exclusively the Lord's day, and one had to look very hard to find anything open. If you would not get it on Saturday, you had to wait until Monday. 
There was a strong sense of family, and people knew the value of going to church on the Lord's day. And it wasn't an option for Christians. And I believe this is why America was so blessed by God, because we obeyed his commandments and followed him. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, verses 1 and 2, it says, If you fully obey, that's key, you need to underline it. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands, I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on the earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. But today, we are looking at a very different America. This should grieve all of our hearts. The word of God and prayer have been taken out of public schools and replaced with drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors. How sad. Today we have holiday programs instead of Christmas programs. There are children who have never cracked the doors of the church because their parents choose Little League sports over attending church on the Lord's Day. Sundays no longer look like Sundays anymore. Everything is open except for a very few businesses who still allow their employees to rest on Sundays instead of focusing on making more money. Then there is the breakdown of the family with so many fatherless homes. You have the use of illegal drugs, which is widespread in our communities. You have teenage pregnancies, which are on the rise, racial unrest, destruction of property, looting, are so common in many of our cities today. We have police abusing the authorities with senseless shootings, while others who seek revenge shooting police at point-blank range. And because of our downward spiral, America is ripe for judgment. Will God spare America? Job 12, 23 to 24 is our theme through this scripture. He, God, builds up nation. It is God who has made America what she is. It is not human intellect. It, it, it is not the scientists. It is God who has made this nation great. And it is God who destroys them. It is God who expands the nation. And it is God who abandons nations. He, God, strips kings of understanding and leaves them wandering in a pathless wasteland. I believe America is already in the midst of judgment and because her leaders are in confusion, she does not even realize it and is now wandering in a pathless wasteland. America, for the most part, is misdirected. She is confused and without direction from Almighty God For example, behold the wildfires, the multiple hurricanes hitting uh, this country. Not to mention the pandemic that has killed over 215 people just in America. Not to mention uh, all over the world. And yet our nation, America, grows worse and worse in the midst of these catastrophic events. You think we would humble ourselves and get better. But no, America for the most part is growing worse. Because we as a nation have rebelled against God's word and heart in our hearts, we will receive curses and judgment from God himself if we refuse to repent. Here's a question we need to consider. Why has God not destroyed America? We, we see all the things in America that's grieving our hearts. We see the, all the atrocities in America. 
I must pose this question to you, which is a real question. Why has God not destroyed America? My friend, we've done enough to be wiped off the map of this world. Why has he not destroyed America? Let me give you about four points to consider. Number one, God has not destroyed America, I believe, because he is long-suffering. Because he is long-suffering. Second uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering. He is divinely patient toward us. He's been very patient with this country, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He doesn't want to see America, America destroyed and wiped off the face of the earth. He could do it at a moment's notice, even right now, but I believe he is long-suffering and has not done it because he really want to see America repent and get right with Almighty God. It is only through the mercy and patience of God that has kept him from bringing destruction upon America, and he is patiently waiting for this nation to repent and turn to him in obedience. Secondly, why has God not destroyed America? I believe that what has kept back judgment upon America is that she has been a blessing to Israel. America has been a blessing to Israel, and that is what has kept judgment from America. We, we got a lot of problems. We committed a lot of sins, but I believe God's hand of judgment has been stayed thus far because of how we historically have treated Israel. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, it says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. This is God talking to Abraham. And I will curse those who curse you, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. My friends, this covenant still holds true today. And I believe that being a blessing to Israel has caused this nation to be abundantly blessed by God. Israel is still God's chosen people, the apple of God's eye. And he blesses those who bless Israel and he curses those who curses Israel. We thank God for that. Thirdly, Why has God not destroyed America? I personally believe God has not destroyed America because America is still dispensing the gospel throughout the world. She is still dispensing the gospel throughout the world. In Psalm 67, 1 and 2, it says, God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Verse 2, that your way may be known on earth. Underline this, your salvation among all nations. It is God's desire that salvation, the gospel, be brought to all nations, uh, as it says there in a latter part of verse 2 of Psalm 67. In Mark 16, 15, it also says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And that's what Maranatha is doing. Uh, we, we serve the gospel through missionaries and Christian schools and all these things in many continents on the globe. And I believe God has blessed Maranatha, this church, because we have been a, a blessing through dispensing the gospel in other continents and countries to the glory of God. America is still dispensing the gospel around the globe through missionaries 
through church plants, Christian schools, hospitals, evangelists, and humanitarian aids, and Christian teachers, and so forth. God blesses a nation that reaches the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. God blesses a nation that reaches the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. The fourth reason I believe that God has not destroyed America is that America has not experienced the wrath of God because he has a holy remnant. The reason God has not yet destroyed America is because America still has a holy remnant who is still standing for Christ, who is still speaking up for Christ who is still crying out to Christ in prayer and interceding for our nation as well as for those who are serving in every level of government to include the church. We have a remnant here. And sometimes we look at the masses and the protests and all the evil in the country and we just say, is there anybody here who's standing First Kings 19, 18 says, yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. Sometimes we as Christians focus on the voices that are shouting so much louder, so much louder that we feel we are in the minority. But in this nation, God still has a mighty spiritual remnant that is speaking up and speaking out for the sake of the soul of this nation as well as for our children and our grandchildren. How many of you are saved and you know you're saved? Amen. Why don't you give God a hand clap of praise if you know you're saved without a doubt? Amen. We are the remnant. We are the remnant. You need to say, I am the remnant. Say that. Say, I am the remnant. I am to speak out. I am to tell a lost America that Jesus Christ is God all by himself and is the only way to heaven. Thank you. Bring it out with a shout. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, if you're going to be ashamed, don't be before me and I'll be ashamed on you before my heavenly father. Oh, there is a remnant. Elijah was whining and and whining and uh, weeping and whining about all the atrocities and everything that was happening. He thought he was the only one. And God, I'm just paraphrasing, told Elijah, now stop your, hush up. I I have 7,000 that haven't bowed the knee. Not one, not two, not a hundred, not a hundred and two, not 500, not a thousand, not 1,500. I have 7,000 that you don't even know anything about. I submit to you today that we are not alone. There's a mighty remnant that need to take a stand and take our place and not be ashamed of the gospel to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I transition now again, beloved. What can we do as a nation to keep America from God's judgment? What can we do as a nation to keep America from God's judgment? Number one, without repentance, judgment is imminent for America. Without repentance, 
Judgment is imminent for America. In Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, there's a staggering passage right there. Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go, Jonah, to that great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming. Here was his message. Well, what if if America got a a Jonah-type prophet preacher today? And here's what he says, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Oh, here America, 40 more days and America will be overthrown. Wow. 40 more days and America will be overthrown. Can you imagine that? Just let that sink in for a minute. Verse 5, the Ninevites believed God. That's what you need to underline. Now, underline that. See, you read your Bible too fast and you miss insight for living. The Ninevites believed God. And that's the problem in America. Uh, there are Americans who say there are no God. One cannot know God. There is no God. There's no devil, no hell, and all of that. And they damn their souls to hell. But I like that, that first, that, that little sentence there in verse five. The Ninevites believe God. You can't turn to God till you first believe God is. You got to believe that God is God all by himself and beside him there is none other. The Ninevites believe God. What a statement, if I could say today, but I can't, America believes God. That would be something. America believes God, but I can't say that today. That does enough to make me cry when I look at the ills and sins of America. A fast was proclaimed in all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he arose from his throne, took off his royal robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. Let me park right there a minute. What if all of our elected officials of our nation humbled themselves and did like the king of Nineveh? What if our president did this? we would make national and world news. Look at verse 7. This is the proclamation he issued to Nineveh. This king wasn't playing. He got serious. Humble himself. Took off his robe. He can't take off his robe unless he humbled himself. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals. He, you know, he's serious when he even put the animals on on, on a fast. Last he can't even eat. Last he can't drink water. The animal rights people would have come out the closet. <laughs> oh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animal be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently. I like that word urgently. This is desperation time. Call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Underline that. That is so critical. You need to underline that. You need to put three underlines under that if you can. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. 
And that's what America needs to do today, to give up her evil ways and her violence, to give up her evil ways. There are some evil ways, corruption in high places, corruption in low places, corruption on the East Coast, West Coast, North, South, Middle America, Corruption with the young, corruption with the old, corruption in politics, corruption in big businesses, corruption in the tech companies, and on and on and on. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Verse 9 says, who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways. That's what repentance is. It's turning from your evil ways. God relented and did not bring on Nineveh the destruction he had threatened. Wow. See, it's not too late for America if we humble ourselves and repent. The same God that had mercy on Nineveh will have mercy on America if we turn from our evil and wicked ways and repent. Beloved, like the king of Nineveh and the entire nation, God will not spare America unless she humbles herself, repents, cries out to God for mercy and deliverance, and even elected officials from the president the vice president, speaker of the house, the Supreme Court, Congress, Senate, governors of states, lieutenant governors, mayors, county commissioners, and all of the rest would repent and humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways and proclaim a fast for America because of her willful defiance and rebellions against Almighty God. Only then will God spare America. Sadly, I believe that America is too proud in her sins. America is too proud in her sins and her wicked ways to bow the knee to Jesus and cry out in utter desperation for the mercy of God upon this country, which will result in imminent destruction from Almighty God. And the sad thing about it all is that many Americans claim that they know God. Many Americans claim that they know God. That's the sad thing about it. America's in bad shape and don't even have a clue. Number two, we keep ourselves from God's judgment when we pray for those who are in authority over us. We keep ourselves from God's judgment when we pray for those who are in authority over us. Failure to do so is a sin of omission. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it says, I urge you, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, and that's presidents as well, and prime ministers as well, and all those in authority, that we may live peaceably, and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. You hear me well, people of God. I personally believe that we have a spiritual decline in our nation because believers have neglected praying for those who are in authority over us uh, regardless of their political affiliations. I said, I didn't get many amens on that, but it's the truth. 
I'll say it again. Some of you have choked, but let it on down. Let it go down. Let it go down. Just let it go down. Relax. Let it, let it go out. Let it sink in. I personally believe that we have a spiritual decline in our nation because believers, I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about believers have neglected praying for those in authority over us, regardless of their political affiliations. Do not expect peace in this nation if you're not praying for those who are in authority over you. If the truth be told, many believers are quick to speak negatively against those in authority who are making bad decisions. They are lying, scheming, and they rule in unrighteousness instead of believers interceding and crying out to God on their behalf. If we're not crying out to God, there will be more unrighteous rulers. There will be more schemes and deceptions and corruption in high places. Stop talking so much about those in political authority of those who are elected officials and start covering them and bathing them in prayer. They need our prayer. They don't need our negativity. Negativity can't change anybody, but prayer works and prayer transforms. How many of you believe that today? I submit to you today, beloved, stop expecting elected officials to do better. Listen to me. Stop expecting elected officials to do better or for us to have societal peace if we're not earnestly praying for them. How are they going to do better and you're not praying? They need prayer. Negligence in praying for our elected official is the sin of omission. And Father, what would it be like if every preacher and teacher of the word would stand and just preach truth? Don't worry about what folk think, what folks say, because at the end of the day, they don't have a heaven or hell to send me to. Matter of fact, your word says, woe be unto you when all men speak well of you. Many will not like this message. Others will say, thank God for a pastor who preaches the truth. Others will judge the message, while others will receive the message and say, thank God for a timely word. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.